I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Wrestling Daily. You are not joined by uh, Alex McCarthy today. As you can see, you're joined by myself, who is filling in for Alex, who has a bit of work commitments right now. And as always, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. So we have got SP3 in the hot seat, and we've got a lot of news to dive into. So uh, SP3, how you doing, man? I am doing great. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. SP3 is on Wrestling Daily, not with his brother from an Irish mother, but my brother from a good money hot take brother that is known as Louis Dan Gore, the future face of UK wrestling journalism. We're going to talk about some Daniel Bryan news, some Daniel Bryan Mount Rushmore talk uh, about his career. So this is going to be a fun show. I'm ready to go, Louis. And I love your hairdo. It's a little like coof. It's like it's like it's like a little like like a skunk, like the like the bottom of a skunk. It's like you got that on your head. It's it's it, this I is cool. I went to bed last night, showered, knew I wasn't on camera today, so I was like, oh, screw it. Then I have to comb my hair when I shower. Then I got a message from Alex McCarthy, like, hey, I'm caught up at work. Can you do the show? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I can. But you mentioned the Daniel Bryan news, and also uh, while we are here. I've managed just to break the USB port of my uh, camera, which is why I'm on my laptop. That's fun. Um, so, before we dive into the news, the 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 Daniel Bryan stuff. Obviously, it was reported that um, well, not reported. He he left uh, SmackDown after the SmackDown match with Roman Reigns after the Universal Championship match. And a lot of people were confused and sort of not sure where the direction was. So, I want to play you a clip. From last night's show, let me see if I can do this right. Video file again, make sure I do the right one. Okay, so disagree. I think he's done full time 100%. Like, not 100% because you're gonna be 100%. But from what he's saying in interviews, I don't think he's pulling on leg. I just genuinely think he wants to be a dad and he wants to spend more time with his kids. I don't, I think he's done full time. However, I don't think WWE will let his contract lapse. Knowing he's not like a Brock Lesnar thing, where I think Vince is pretty confident that Brock won't go to AJ. I think Vince is pretty confident of that. With Brian, there's always that chance. So I think WWE will basically offer him a edge type deal, a Brock Lesnar type deal, even where he is able to work those part-time dates, but he is signed to WWE because I just cannot foresee a world where Daniel Bryan is a free agent and AEW doesn't do everything in their power to make sure they sign him. And I think WWE knows that and Vince knows that. So I think I would be shocked if WWE let his contract expire and let him become a free agent. I think it is far more likely he signs just a part-time deal. Not not a Legends deal, but a a part-time deal with significantly reduced dates. So... On today's uh, episode of Wrestling Daily, we are going to be covering the news that Daniel Bryan's contract has expired. Yeah, this is me. This is me coloring you shocked. I'm coloring. I (laughs) I am shocked. I woke up to the news that Daniel Bryan is no longer part of WWE. Mere hours after I said what I said on Wrestling Daily last night. Mere hours. I go onto Twitter and I see. Actually, sorry, I, I didn't even see it on Twitter. I uh, I woke up to the news because it was it was overnight. 
And it's like Daniel Bryan's like not been released, but his contract's expired. I can't believe it. I honestly can't believe it. So SP3, talk us through your reaction because we know mine was shock. Uh, were you as perplexed as I was about this news? I always were was under the impression that there was more to this story. I, I felt like everybody saying, oh, you know, his contract doesn't expire to September. So they're doing this now so he can have a run with NXT. I'm sorry. Like, I've heard this. I heard this song and dance so many times in the past. A guy that's making Danny O'Brien money going to NXT on WWE's choice? I No. That's not going to happen. Like, I never believed that. I, I think I said it on a couple of different shows on True Hill Heat that my belief was that Daniel Bryan was going to Monday Night Raw, that they needed not only someone on camera, they needed someone in their creative uh, team to kind of speak up and, you know, better use underutilized talent, which I will give them credit for. You know, Monday Night Raw has a whole bunch of problems, but this past week they did focus on the underutilized talent, so it had me believing maybe Daniel Bryan is making his first night in the creative room, and that's why we're seeing Garza. That's why we're seeing Gulag. That's why we're seeing all these uh, Mansoor debut. And then this news comes out, and it's just like, I'm not shocked, but it does kind of make me vindicated that I did kind of feel like there was something more to this story, that it didn't seem like the WWE type of move to move him from SmackDown to NXT. And even from SmackDown to Raw, this seems kind of random, like after WrestleMania, to do this when Edge was already on Raw. So you could have just kept him there if you wanted this babyface type of like legend there. So this kind of makes me feel kind of better and more understanding the decision to make that match between Brian and Reigns, uh, you know, him being banished from SmackDown. I think SmackDown is sorely going to miss him because he's been really an anchor for the entire team, whether on camera or in the creative room. But this is just very surprising that WWE hasn't really, you know, done that final big push in re-signing him, you know, right now. Because we've seen WWE in the past, if they want to, like, make a final push to re-sign someone, we saw Gallows and Anderson kind of win the Raw Tag Team titles around when their contract was expiring which led to them re-signing. We saw the same with the with the revival. That didn't work out for WWE, but this is something that they've done time and time again when a person's contract is expiring. Throw them a title belt, convince them everything's going to be all right, and then they re-sign. I think Daniel Bryan was more of the mind state. I'm going to further help Roman Reigns establish himself as the top star and top heel on SmackDown. So that's going to be my final act. And I'm, then I'm out, if, I'm out of here. So I think that the next couple of months, he's going to be off TV completely. I think it's going to be like a four to six month period where he's not on TV at all. And if he does return to WWE, it's going to be in a part-time role. I think you're muted. Sorry about that. So who do you think... Or where do you think Daniel Bryan goes next from here? Like you, I'm also in agreement. I cannot see this being a long-term... I, I can see this being quite a, like a long-term exodus, maybe four to six months. I do think maybe we see... I, I don't even know if we see him back this year. Um, but where do you think he goes? Do you think we see him in an AEW? Or are you one of those people that thinks this is similar to the Brock Lesnar deal where Brock Lesnar is also a free agent right now? But... Yeah. There's the expectation when he's ready to come back, he will re-sign with WWE. Do you think this is going to be one of those instances? Or do you think he really, and he has said in interviews before, he's going to go and work CMLL. He's going to go and work for all these different promotions. So what do you think, call it the next year, looks like for Daniel Bryan? Like I said, I think he's going to take the next six months off. And I think before he re-signs his WWE deal, I think we will see him in a different promotion. Wow. I think that it, it would make more sense for a CMLL or a AAA because they're not too much on WWE radar. It's not yes. something that WWE really deals with and not something that WWE would see as conflicting. It's a little bit like if Daniel Bryan comes to, to Vince McMahon and says, hey, I want to do this Arena Mexico show where I'm putting my hair on the line against Psycho Clown. And I think that Vince is just going to be like, oh, it's Mexico. I don't really care about that. Sure, go ahead. Because that's literally what he did with Omega versus Jericho in uh, 2000, yeah. 2017, 2018. That backfired on him. 
let's let's not, let's all remind everybody. Oh, it did. It backfired big time because that is one of the most important and biggest drawing matches of the past decade and created AEW. I I'm not saying that Daniel Bryan going outside of WWE will have that same effect, but once you smell the roses outside of the WWE prison ground, it seems that you don't you're not very likely to go back. So I don't know if that would be the best decision for WWE. And it kind of makes sense why FIFO is reporting that WWE is still making this big push to re-sign him because if he does anything outside of WWE, they might lose him forever. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree too. Um, I think that, again, Dave Meltzer reported this as well and FIFO said WWE is pushing hard to get him back. And of course they will be. I think this is going to be a Brock Lesnar-like situation where Daniel Bryan's next match will be in WWE, for me anyway. Um, I think my point... Yeah, yes, yesterday I said I don't think his contract will expire. And I was clearly very wrong with that. I will say I didn't put good money on it. So that gimmick that gimmick still stays 100% accurate. That is true. But you, you're, you're now transitioning gimmicks. You, you are like a gimmick machine. You're now the hot take king. You got sick of, of Steph getting all the credit as the hot take queen, and now you're the hot take king. I, I respect well, I will, we'll talk about my Daniel Bryan hot take in a minute because it turns out it's not much of a hot take. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, with regards to, to Daniel Bryan, I think his next move is WWE. I just can't, I can't see it. Where, for example, Triple H, with, with the world we live in now, all companies are intertwined. If he comes into a company, he's realistically going to work a top program. Yeah. Kenny Omega is the top of AAA. So yeah. it's it's like, yes, he can go to AAA, but a AAA going to be like, right, you can work this match, but it's not going to be for the title, meaning it won't be against Kenny Omega. Like, for me, I, I think CMLL is the only one I can see right now potentially yeah. new japan i just don't i don't know with the kenny omega link i can't see triple a but re- more realistically for me anyway i can see um kenny omega just his neck uh, not kenny omega uh daniel bryan his next match being with wwe uh, I, I i think that it, it won't be anytime soon he is going to take this time off just to heal his body he hasn't really had like a long but he had a bit of a break last year with the pandemic but not a long break since he returned and he he, he's got some bruises he needs to heal. Um, so, yeah, I do think is And spend time with his family. I, I, yeah. When I was watching the Austin, um, uh, the Austin uh, A&E uh, show, uh, Austin speaking about how he's now just getting to know his kids because, like, he, he wasn't there to begin with. I know times are different now with the pandemic and not being on the road. But yeah, he's just getting to know his kids now. And I think that will resonate with a load of performers because Daniel Bryan's kids are young. Like Birdie's just starting school and the youngest one who I can't remember the name of. Yeah, don't know. See, he watches many things, SV3, but he doesn't watch Total Bellas. Oh, no. (laughs) No, I do not. Um, so I think with his kids still being young, he's probably just going to want to spend time with him. uh, Spend time with them. And you know what? More the power to him. Fair play for that. Um, so, yeah, for me, I think we see Kenny... Uh, Kenny may keep saying that. Daniel Bryan's next match in WWE, just not for a while. Um, if you guys want to get in your, your takes about this whole Daniel Bryan situation, maybe what you think the next move is, or maybe, you know what, if you think he's leaving WWE and it sort of is not going to return, give us some dream matches. Uh, I know the link below me is wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestle2. That's because that was the link the last time SC3 and I did a show together. And <clears throat> and we forgot to change the link. So it is wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily for your comments, questions, anything you want to ask regarding um, Daniel Bryant or anything else for that matter. And, and <coughs> to, break, to break some news, I, I looked it up while you were talking. I think it's Buddy. Buddy Daniel. Buddy, that's it. That's it. Because it's obviously Bree, Brian, Buddy, Birdie. They're going for the bees. They're going for the bees. The quartet of bees. Um, so our, uh, obviously Wednesday night is debate night. Just because uh, I'm in the hot seat instead of Alex McCarthy doesn't mean we will not be debating. Um, and the topic, interestingly, I messaged SB3 earlier today. And I was like, listen, I'm thinking we should debate. Like, My hot take is Daniel Bryan is the greatest wrestler ever. 
I think we should debate that. And his response was, don't know how much of a debate there's going to be because he's my favourite ever. So it looks like we're in agreement with that. But uh, later on in this show, we will be speaking about who are sort of the Mount Rushmore of Daniel Ryan, Daniel Bryan opponents. So who we think uh, maybe, and and the way I'm going to approach this is not only who he had the best matches with, but who shaped the Daniel Bryan character? Who made the Daniel Bryan character what it is? Because I think both are just as important. Maybe even the character side more so. So yeah. we'll be diving into that. So again, if you want to ultra chat, that's russeltalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Tell us who you think some of Daniel Bryan's uh, biggest and most important opponents are. But before we get there, I do want to touch on the Tessa Blanchard news. Um, obviously on Friday, it was reported that she was close to signing with AEW. Not just her. But her husband, uh, Daga, as well, both formerly of Impact Wrestling. However, that is not the case from what we do here. And various wrestling journalists have come out and said, uh, no. So uh, do you want to take us through what's been reported and the latest on that situation? So I believe it was S.E. Scoops was the one who originally uh, reported that Tessa Blanchard and Hang on. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh-oh, uh-oh. we have some breaking news. <laughs> it's a red on the bs but go it's on sorry for rudely interrupting you it's i felt bad. like we haven't had it for a while and this report really really needed it because because even when i first read the report i was like i was like all but a formality yeah i'm gonna call bs on this one so i'm glad the bs leader came back it was it was the line about them considering bringing her in with the redemption storyline that would acknowledge her prior controversies and her prior mistakes, which to me was like, really? Like, if you're going to do it, do you draw attention to it? Like, I guess that's one way to do it, to be like, we know this is a controversial signing. We're not going to hide away from that. But this is not what I would have done. So uh, go on, take us through what's the latest. So I believe it was first uh, PW Insider and then uh, Fightful as well as Wrestling Observer corroborated that this is not the case, that uh, Tessa and Daga have not even been in like serious talks with AEW on uh, getting a contract. They're not close to a deal. They're not in talks for a deal. They're not negotiating a deal. Basically, I think that AEW has gotten into the ears of the people at these more established uh, news sources in wrestling. And they just said, no, I need you to shut this rumor down (laughs) immediately because it literally was like a, a... uh, avalanche of all the the biggest news reporters coming out and saying that this is false this is not the case i felt like sc scoots became ringside news with the amount of people that came out and tried to you know contradict their report they haven't said anything since then but i know dave Meltzer also uh has vehemently denied that aew is even in talks with tessa blanchard so uh, I mean, I kind of, I kind of was on the fence on it when it, when that first w- report came out. That if it was real, how did I feel about it? Um, I think we're at the point where people are going to have to decide whether you know they are still upset with Tesla, whether they're not, whether they feel like she should be with a major promotion or not. I'm a person that I can sometimes overlook a person's flaws and their mistakes if they're talented. I can still watch a Chris Benoit match, even though I despise what he did to his family and what what he did in his life. But his matches are great. His matches are undeniably great for, for a person who can deal with still watching those matches. I can understand if you can't. Tessa Blanchard, on the other hand, she didn't do anything towards her family. She made mistakes. She was young. She was immature. She was disrespectful, um, partly racist didn't didn't really want to like say that she did anything wrong really didn't stand by her actions didn't take responsibility for it all of those are bad things but Tessa Blanchard on talent alone is one of the top 10 best female wrestlers in the world like yep regardless of how you feel about her these are the facts because she's crisp in the ring everything she does feels real she has a certain intensity that I think if you ask me name one female to go in the ring with like a Pentagon or even a Nick Gage in GCW. 
nine times out of ten, I'm gonna pick Tessa Blanchard because she's hard as no, she's hard nosed. She's been in the intergender type of matches. She's a former Impact World Champion. She's made history in major promotions. So a signing like for her to AEW would be huge, especially for their women's division. It's just that too much time has not passed since this whole situation. So this would garner a lot of heat for AEW. And it's something that they have been very hesitant to acquire any heat. That's why they've let go of people like Jimmy Havoc in the past or B Priestley. A lot of that had to do with the travel, uh, the travel situation. But a lot of that had to do with the speaking out movement. So I don't think that Tessa Blanchard is going to come into AEW in 2021 at all, to be honest with you. Listen, WWE, if WWE is staying away from her, I think that says a lot as well. It like, does. And it's not because of the talent aspect, because as, as you said, and I will concur, I think Tessa Blanchard would walk into WWE and be on par with Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, even Becky Lynch to a, to a point. Yeah, I think she has that presence, that star power. The name Blanchard has the credibility with it. WWE would love to do a Flair and Blanchard feud. Can you imagine the the video packages they would play of, of, of their of their fathers? But I, I, like you, I don't think either company is going to do it. I think her future is in Mexico yeah. uh, with a Triple A, with a mainly Triple A. To be honest, obviously her husband Dog is there. Uh, I think that's where her future lies. Personally, um, I would just like to say that. Let, let me get this up. I'm going to share screen again. I'll tell you what, it's proper techie when I'm on the show, isn't it? Here we go. Here we go. Right. That's not what I was supposed to show. Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. That was just my Twitter feed. We're getting something. We're getting something. We're getting something. Basically, I knew this wasn't so. so you mentioned who was the first to uh, to corroborate this yes. or to, to, to denounce this. So... Here we go. There we go. We got it. We got it. We got, got it. We're, we're in there. <laughs> Share screen. Chrome tab. Boom. Right. I have a funny story about this. Uh-oh. So I was this one. There we go. Look at this. Right. Do that. Boom. Enlarge yeah. this. So I was, this is tweeted at 1047. I was in the pub, drunk, Received a text saying, is Tessa Blanchard close to joining AW? I asked a few people, was told no, and tweeted this while intoxicated at the pub <laughs> on Friday night. <laughs> so I think a drunk Louis Dangor was actually the first to denounce. The first of the wrestling, de uh, wrestling media Mount Rushmore to come out and denounce this report. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Funny, funny story to corroborate your 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 tweet here. Um, I got a message in one of my many group chats on uh, Facebook, and one of my good friends, I think it was True Jaw Josh. You've seen him over on True Hill Heat. He said Tessa going to AEW. I'm surprised, but this should be interesting or something like that. And I was like, and I and I screenshotted your tweet and sent it to him. I was like. Louis says no. Louis knows people, so I'm gonna believe Louis over Se Scoops. So there you go, Louis. It was one of those things. I'm never gonna write a full report on it because at the time, a I was drunk, so I couldn't, and b um, it's one of those things where I what went through my head when thinking about it the next day. It was the type of signing where the people that I was speaking to might just not have been aware. They might have been kept quite private because of the nature of um, the signing. Because it was Tessa Blanchard, I thought, is there any chance that AEW might just not have told talent, might not have told some of the people there? Are they just not? Uh, are they just going to keep it quite a private thing? So I think that's why I didn't sort of go full out. But then when I when I saw Meltzer, PW Insider, and Sean all in sort of one day just go nope you're like okay there we go um but yeah i mean in in terms of what you were saying earlier with separating the performer from i guess their actions um or the art from the artist this sort of yeah the the way people phrase it um i think you've also yes as fans yeah 100 percent. i think that that's something we can do like you i can review a show in the 90s in the early 2000s, and praise a Chris Benoit match. I think that it's, it, yes, it is hard, and what he did was abhorrent and completely disgusting, the most despicable act. But yeah, you, you, you have to sometimes think about what's going on now, and I think that you might upset some members of the locker room. For yeah. example, some of the female talent that might have had a run in. I'm not sure if any of the talent in AW were the ones that accused Tessa Blanchard. Well, I don't well, think so. Well, Big Swole was one of the people that was in the locker room and kind of did confirm that she did say those words to La Rosa Negra. And she was one of the people that tried to get them back on the same page after the incident happened. So. I think it's one of those ones where you don't know how the talent are going to feel. And listen, if talent are consulted, cool. But it, sometimes talent might not be happy with 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 sort of people with checkered past, and we do have to understand that yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, I think that right now we're both in agreement that AWs are looking quite unlikely, if if not completely impossible, for Tessa Blanchard right now um we've got a couple of ultra chats which i want to dive into here uh first one from matthew mikofsky oh it's matthew mikofsky mitch we've got a fantasy booking he goes okay in a dream world he doesn't resign he goes wherever he wants if that's in aw or new japan how do you book his debut i presume talking about daniel bryan what does he do does he attack someone if it's me i would do double or nothing like moxie type debut attacking Kenny. Right. So mm-hmm. I would just say on that note, I don't think that suits Brian's character to, to like come through the crowd and like attack Kenny. I don't think no. that, that that's not Brian. I think literally just have him walk out. Like something's happening. Kenny's cutting. If it is AW, I, I'm going to let you go first. Cause I'm going to think about this. If it is Kenny, for example, Kenny's cutting a promo, maybe the, the dynamite after double or nothing or immediately after his match or double or nothing. And it's like, guys, look, I'm the best. Out comes Daniel Bryan. Uh, and I think that would be so, so cool. Uh, I will I will say what I want to happen next, but go on, for you, SV3. What if, if, if you're Daniel Bryan, how are you booking your next move? All right, so we're going in the hypothetical uh, standpoint. Yeah. So yeah. I would book it. I, I'm going to do the big picture booking and how he would debut and where I want him to go. You do 
King of Pro Wrestling at the end of the year for New Japan. You do Jay White versus Tadahashi. The whole storyline has been about Jay White telling Tadahashi that he's done. He's over it. He needs to retire. He's the only person to tell him this. So he beats him again for the Never Openweight Championship. Tadahashi's cutting a promo, telling the people in Japan, like, I think Jay White is right. I think it's time for me to, you know, go on my way, retired. You know, I know everybody wants to see me in the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom, but I think I'm done. And then Daniel Bryan walks out. You 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 have it. I don't know what type of music you use. Use Final Countdown, please, please. Bring me back my ROH days. Daniel Bryan comes down and he says that people have been telling me the same thing, that I need to retire. But the one thing that I want to do is have a match at the Tokyo Dome against Mr. Wrestle Kingdom, Tadahashi. And you set up Brian versus Tadahashi at Wrestle Kingdom 16. I like it. I do like it. Um, I like it a lot. It's the Brian Tanahashi, man. It sounds so weird. I did. Uh, I right. <laughs> what I would go for. You have... So I think you you delay this full gear. The match is Kenny Omega and Hangman Page again for the title. Kenny wins. So Hangman again. You continue that story, and I think you delay this for for quite a while. After the match, he comes out and he, he he's he's like all beat beaten down, whatever. And he's like, "Listen, I am the best wrestler in the world. I've beaten all the AWS to offer. I've beaten Moxley. I've beaten." Um, I've beaten a uh, 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 hangman. Maybe Cody like climbs the rankings, and he's like, "Cody can't face me. There's literally no one here for me to face." And then out comes Daniel Bryan. I think you just play it straight like that, like you yeah. said, just have him come out because he isn't the kind of like attack you from behind kind of person. He isn't the kind of like shock debut. I think Moxie's worked so well for him. The imagery of him coming through the crowd like he would with the shield. But for Brian, I think the best, like Brian's character, just I'm just gonna come and confront you face to face. Exactly. And I think that would be so cool. He's literally like, right, I am challenging you for double or nothing the year after. You delay the whole thing. Wow. You delay it. You have like a long feud, and he's like, right. I'm going to face you at maybe Revolution to make it like fair, like the, the next pay-per-view. He's like, right, Revolution next year, I'm going to face you for that world title. And that's literally how you end the show. Just a face-off between Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan, which I think is the biggest match you can book, personally, uh, out there for, for either man. Uh, but guys, in the comments, let us know, what do, which one did you prefer Maybe some suggestions for some stuff. Again, if you want those read out, that's wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily for your ultra chats. We have a comment here from Chris Petru who says, my boys, Louie and SV3 in the house today. I hope all is well. Do either of you have any hot takes for tonight's blood and gut show? As always, thank you for all the hard work. Uh, Wrestling daily for life. Indeed, wrestling daily for life. Um, Okay. Hot takes for tonight's show. I do not. Th- I think if you've only watched NXT War Games, this is not going to be like that in nope. the slightest. This is not going to be NXT War Games. I think we could just basically see the pinnacle just annihilate in a circle, have it be quite one sided. And just have the pinnacle just trounce them and not actually like, yes, they'll do some crazy spots, but the pinnacle will be clearly better off after the match than in a circle physically. I think that'd be a great way to put them over in their first big match, put over like the brutality of Wardlow, the, the sort of pitbull nature of uh, FTR, give Sean Spears uh, some, some love. And uh, yeah, I'd kind of have not MJF duck stuff, but like these guys are as heavy. Just have them go out, and then he just comes in, gets the pin, out of there. I I think that it should it should. I think the perfect ending. I think I've heard a couple of people say this as well, but I think that the inner circle should be like handcuffed to the cage or be in the other cage while the rest of the pinnacle have Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho in one ring. And they're just beating down on them. They're beating down on uh, Jericho. and But they're really focusing on Sammy. And they get like that stick 
that I think Santana was about to stab Dax Howard with, uh, with in the backstage beatdown. And they're about to like cut open uh, Sammy's eye and Jericho has to quit forced to save Sammy. That should be the end. It should be about Jericho sacrificing himself for his guys because that puts over the inner circle and their bond. At the same time, the pinnacle look like vicious beasts and they get the win. So I think that that is the best way to put over everybody. Listen, I like it. I really do. I think it, it's a, yeah, it, it, I, I think basically, I think we're both in agreement. The pinnacle have to win and yeah. should win and probably will win. Um, yeah, that's what I think. I think that could happen. I think sort of both of what we've said could happen. Uh, but I do like your storyline of maybe like, and I think it could work either way. Like Sammy gives up for Jericho or Jericho gives yeah. up for Sammy. I think either works. But I think Jericho quitting like for Sammy is brilliant. And then you build off into maybe MJF and Jericho. I have seen out there. Firstly, let me let me let me just put this up there. I think Brian shows up at Blood and Guts. I, I don't think that happens. No, that ain't <laughs> I just happening. saw that and I was like, I don't see that happening. I had to bring that up. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I think I, I've seen this speculated. Chris Jericho could be wrapping up his career right now. That's what a lot of people are speculating. Do you think at double or nothing, we get MJF and Jericho, Jericho's career on the line? Because this is what the whole story has been about. MJF wants Jericho's spot. Do you think he retires a uh, Jericho? And uh, sort of to back that point up, I presume Fozzie are going to be doing a fair bit of touring this summer. It would kind of make sense for Jericho to take some time off. Do you think we could see Jericho maybe as part of this feud hang up his boots? I could see that. I could see him taking a sabbatical and, you know, Jericho losing the MJF at double or nothing, taking a couple of months off, maybe returning in the fall right before full gear. And we do Jericho and MJF one last time and Jericho could finally get his victory because this would at double or nothing presuming that they win tonight the pinnacle that would be three straight losses that jericho has taken to mjf in different scenarios he lost a match for mjf to join the inner circle at full gear last year he he's gonna lose blood and guts and then he would lose at double or nothing eventually if we are gonna come back to this rivalry when jericho returns jericho has to get the victory to kind of end the rivalry for good and AEW has done a good job of having the babyface win be the blow off of certain rivalries and I think that that would be the best thing for Jericho and MJF or MJF gets the victory and then Jericho comes back and it has nothing to do with MJF he's like I'm not gonna bother that young man because he took my spot and he left me he, he had me leave this whole entire company Oh, well, some interesting comments here. We've got, I don't think Jericho is retiring because of the Jericho Cruise. Again, an interesting point. Yeah. He, he can also not wrestle on that show or maybe like, maybe he's banished from AEW or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think it's very interesting. And I interviewed Sean Spears recently, uh, last week actually. And the big takeaway from that interview was, this isn't the end of the feud. This is the beginning of the feud. So where they go from here, I don't know how you go bigger than Blood and Guts. And I think one way you could do it, not in terms of match type and like how gruesome the match is going to be, I think in terms of a stipulation of Jericho's career on the line, ending a 30-year career, I think yeah. that's bigger than blood and guts. So yeah, I think that could be a way, and there's no other real, I guess, way that I can see AEW can top blood and guts. Because I think just like a standard Jericho-MJF match, yes, will be good from an in-ring point, but is it going to like really blow my like bro blow me away no probably not so i uh, i i think that we could see it for sure um but yeah i mean who knows who it's going to be very interesting every time aw i think is going to go in one direction they go in another direction uh so yeah. it's very interesting um all right let's let's we've teased the people enough uh with the daniel bryan chat regarding his mount rushmore um i want you to talk to me SV3, who are your your Mount Rushmore for Daniel Bryan? Give me one to start. We'll, we'll do one at a time. So who is your your number one? Maybe, maybe your fourth entry. So someone that like you, not your most important, but your like fourth most important. I'm I'm gonna say the person that I first thought of when I said the, the Mount Rushmore of Daniel Bryan rivals because I think that me and Louis will have a different Mount Rushmore, a different four. 
because my Mount Rushmore is about Brian Danielson. It's not just about Daniel Bryan. It's not just okay. about his WWE career. I have to include the people that shaped him before he even got to WWE. And the number one name. Confirm, mine is just WWE, in case you were curious. <laughs> Thank you. But ironically enough, the person that I first thought of is a person that's in WWE. They never cross paths in WWE, though. But he is a person that I would say is Brian Danielson's greatest rival outside of WWE. And that is Nigel McGuinness. Nigel McGuinness and Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, they really paved the road for my fandom of Ring of Honor. Their matchup in the UK at Unified in 2006 for the Pure Championship and ROH World Championship is one of the most brutal, dramatic, and emotional matches that I've ever witnessed. Just Bryan, you know, coming down with elbows to a bloody Nigel, just awesome stuff then you had the rivalry that they had when nigel turned heel and was world heavyweight champion against danny o'brien like brian Danielson chasing him they had the inter kind of rivalry with morishima in the middle who morishima was feuding with nigel and brian danielson at the same time and then they had their final ring of honor match together when both guys were supposed to go to wwe and that's finally where things separated because everyone thought they're having their final match together in ring of honor they're going to walk in wwe together and and then Nigel doesn't pass the physical. Brian goes on, becomes WWE champion, Grand Slam champion, and Nigel never gets his run in WWE. So it's a such a great and dramatic and twist and turn type of story. Nigel McGinnis has to be in the Mount Rushmore for Brian Danielson. Okay. I, I listen, I like it. It I, I've obviously wasn't watching at the time. I've watched back, and yes, I can 100 percent agree. With the Nigel McGuinness's importance in Daniel Bryan, particularly Bryan, but obviously Brian Danielson stuff. My number four, listen, he won't fit amongst the group of people. If we suggest eight different names, he will not be on this group. But it is the Miz. I, you, we, we are in agreement. We are in agreement there. The Miz has to be in the Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson Mount. For me, the Miz shaped Daniel Bryan's character to be what it is. He was the perfect antithesis of what Bryan was. Yeah. For me, putting them together in NXT was perfect. The perfect thing to do. It is like one of the best wrestlers in the world being like being coached by someone that was on reality TV. We all take the mick that isn't one of the best in the ring. For me, it was such like a, a no-brainer to have them paired together. So listen, I I, I loved um I love their stuff at NXT, their feud, even their return, the talking smack stuff. Yeah. I think you have to put the Miz on the list of shaping Daniel Bryan to be one of the biggest baby faces in the company because every big baby face needs that heel. And for yeah. me, to make Daniel Bryan as beloved as he was, as naturally funny, we needed that annoying guy we all hated. And that was the Miz. So when I was thinking about this, when you posed it, I was like, listen, from an in-ring stance, none of their matches were good. Unfortunately, none of no, them. No, I would say the 2010 Night of Champions, their first match for the United States Championship, that stole the show at that show. And that's I, I would still go back and watch that matchup. It was really good. And I would argue that their SummerSlam 2018 match was the best match on that show. By good, I meant obviously good, but they aren't like a... Some of these names on these lists I'll be choosing purely because the in-ring matches were off the charts. This wasn't off the charts. No. This was... Good. It, it, was, it was good. Um, but yeah, I don't think it was like off the charts. And when I think of Daniel Bryan and The Miz, it isn't their matches I remember. It's their their promos, the NXT run, the the everything that went into it. The SummerSlam moment with Miz standing at the ramp thinking it's going to be him and Bryan comes out. I mean, the, for me, yes, you've got it. And it just does make me think that we really botched that rivalry when Daniel Bryan came back. Because 100%. it should have been one of the biggest things. It should have been it the, the first match of Brian's return should have been against Miz. Like it, it had to be against Miz. Uh, talking back to their talking smack promo and the, their war of words there. I think it had to be. It 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 should have been Miz. Um, and listen, I, I on this, I don't know how many times the Miz will come up on a Mount Rushmore, but for this, I think it's deserved. And I was worried when I brought it up. I was like, is wrestling purist SB3 gonna get angry with me? But the oh. fact we're in agreement, 
does make me happy. And yes, we got one here from Jeff Samuel, who says, we can't. Louis is right. Thank you. <laughs> you are. Thank you, you are. Like, like the you. only thing that is an argument against Miz being on this Mount Rushmore is that we never got a proper blow off to their rivalry. Like we got yeah. the blow off in 2010. Like I said, the Night of Champions match was great. Brian win the U.S. title, awesome. But we when we got the reheating of this rivalry with the Talking Smack, like it just begged for a big time matchup. And if they were gonna save it for SummerSlam 2018. I'm sorry. Don't continue it after SummerSlam 18. You have Daniel Bryan win there, and that's the end of the feud. So they have a memorable blow-off to their rivalry. They tried to continue it on, do the mixed tag match with Miz and Maurice versus Bree and Bryan. That kind of watered it down. And then eventually, when they got to Australia at uh, the first Super Showdown, they have a, what, a two-minute matchup that Bryan rolls them up, and then he moves on, and then he turns heel a month later. So it's like, what? <laughs> we never got a proper ending to this this rivalry. That's the only thing against it. But Miz is so important to what Daniel Bryan, like the building blocks of Daniel Bryan's career and his return to wrestling, yeah. Miz has to be included in the Mount Rushmore for sure. That next name, I'm. Gonna I was going to say while you say this, I'm going to have to let my dog out because he's in my room and he's barking. Go, so, go right um, ahead. I keep having to mute myself, but uh, go on. I can hear you. So tell me who number three is. So, yes, we got Nigel, we got The Miz. Speaking, you know, I talked about The Miz. They never got the proper blow off. They never got the proper ending to their rivalry. One person who was another real big one as far as like story and character shaping Daniel Bryan, you got to say Triple H. Triple H represents the entire authority. And the authority versus Daniel Bryan is one of the most like surprising best rivalries of the past decade like that was the really the the, that gave brian all this momentum that made him the ultimate underdog them calling him a b plus player him overcoming the odds at SummerSlam 2013 defeating john cena despite this McMahon saying that he shouldn't be the wwe champion and then triple h turning on daniel bryan pedigree in him leading to randy orton cashing in money in the bank i i could have I could have included uh, Randy Orton in this spot, but I just feel like Triple H was always the person who was against him. From that moment at SummerSlam 2013, he was the one that stripped Bryan of the title after Night of Champions when Bryan beat Orton. He was the one that made Shawn Michaels the special guest referee at Hell in a Cell in 2013 that cost Daniel Bryan there. He's the one that Bryan had to beat to even get to the main event of WrestleMania. So Daniel Bryan and Triple H, like, Triple H has to be on this list and he you can you could say Triple H or you could say just the authority but I feel like Triple H is the face of the authority so he's the one that belongs here on the Mount Rushmore yeah I I I would so when I thought about this my mind went to authority not Triple H because I think I wanted to include Randy Orton in it and that and I didn't think Randy Orton deserved it on his own so I do I mean, kind of you could argue because he had that rivalry with Daniel Bryan when uh Daniel Bryan didn't want to be the weak link in the in Team Hell No, and then they had the partnership where they were going against the Shield. They had the great no disqualification match on Monday Night Raw before they even get to their WWE Championship run. So that Randy Orton he does have a case to be on this Mount Rush. He does. He wasn't in mine, so I think like for me it kind of worked to have the authority there. But yeah, I had I had Triple H hands down i think i've always said this the the first match of wrestlemania being triple h and daniel bryan made the main event what it was the fact he had to gum through triple h i don't think the match is the same if daniel bryan's just in the match i don't think wrestlemania 30 is as good as it is if triple h doesn't cost him when he wins the title at wrestlemania at SummerSlam the year before i think all of those factors shaped what sort of the yes yes or mania and everything that went into it and i think daniel bryan the reason we all loved him was because we all hated the authority as well and he was just the antithesis to that so yeah i i I do think that for sure daniel bryan is is is, 
one of his greatest rivalries is with Triple H and the Authority. Uh, for me, number two on my list, and I haven't done this in any order, so just the second one, it's Kofi Kingston. Wow. Wow. I, like, I, I thought about him, but, like, I, I can't make an argument because it's literally just the WrestleMania matchup, and it's the fact that this wasn't the plan. Like I know, I know authority. Is- also, WrestleMania thirty. I know, I know, I know, I know that wasn't the plan, but that's the rivalry. We did have a rivalry built in, we so did. it was easy to go to there. Kofi Kingston was something that just came, kind of came out of the woodwork for them. So the reason I've gone for Kofi is because for me it shows a different side of Brian. It was yeah. I wanted someone in the Brian Hill turn era. So part of me was going to go for AJ Styles because that's who he sort of got his heel turnover with. But I am going to go for Kofi Kingston, because I think it showed a different side to Brian, where Brian's like, you know what, I can play the heel, and I can be the one to get the next big baby face over. And I think that is where fans started to appreciate how versatile Brian was, how he is this complete wrestler. He isn't just the underdog baby face. He can be the heel. And I think Kofi Kingston really helped with that and i don't know whether listen for me now if we didn't have that kofi kingston run i'd say wherever brian goes he's got to be a baby face but now because of that kofi kingston feud and that heel run i'm thinking he could be either he works well as both so yeah for me it's got to be Kofi for, for me anyway, just with how different it is to a lot of the other feuds. A lot of everything we're going to speak about is how these heels were great to work with Brian, how Brian was the great sort of baby face, the underdog baby face overcoming these heels. For me, I wanted to include someone different. And I do think putting Kofi Kingston on that list as someone that Brian was able to show what he can do differently and put someone else over, which I'm sure Brian would have loved just as much as his WrestleMania 30 moment. So, yeah, yeah, for me, I, I am going to go for Kofi. Wow. I did not expect to hear, to hear that. But, uh, I mean, you make a strong case for it. And, of course, the moment at WrestleMania is worthy of praise. So, if, if it's just for that alone, yes, Kofi deserves a spot on anyone's Mount Rushmore. But I went a different route with, with my, with my uh, fourth one because, you know, I got Nigel representing the Ring of Honor. You got The Miz, which was the building blocks for what Daniel Bryan would become in WWE. Triple H represents Daniel Bryan, you know, against the authority and his rise to the top. But I needed someone to kind of capitalize, like kind of summarize his final run. From relinquishing the WWE championship to coming back, you know, the, the moment at, Rus- at uh, WrestleMania 31, winning the Intercontinental Championship, getting to retire, and then coming back in 2018, how can, who is the one person that represents that entire five-year run? Who was the person that WWE chose over Danny? Roman Reigns. It might sound like recency bias, but literally we've been building to these three series of matches, these three matches that we got this year, for yep. five years, for five years, because Brian came back and it was clear as day that we, the fans, chose Daniel Bryan to win Royal Rumble 2015. When WWE made the decision to put Roman Reigns in that spot, it created a rivalry that has been ongoing, whether they've been feuding or not. People have been talking about Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns for five or six years now. They had their moment where they even could have feuded when Daniel Bryan was a heel, when he was the planet's champion, because if it wasn't for the Vintner, uh, Eric Rowan being the person that tried to push the boxes on Roman Reigns, nine times out of ten, everybody thought it was going to be Daniel Bryan. But it's really the series of matches this year that really puts it over the top. Their matchup at Fastlane was great. Their matchup at WrestleMania is one of the top 10 best WrestleMania main events, in my opinion. We got two of them this year, so be grateful for that. And then the matchup on SmackDown is one of the best TV matches of the year. And then you go all the way back to Fastlane in 2015 when this whole story started. That one was a banger. Like, regardless of any time these two men have been in the ring, they delivered a classic. It might sound like recency bias, but I think that Daniel Bryan 
has further cemented like Roman Reigns has been the top heel since he returned and had his whole, you know, revival as the head of the table and the tribal chief. But Daniel Bryan, you know, losing along with Edge to, to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 37, along with this victory over Daniel Bryan on SmackDown this week, has firmly cemented Roman Reigns as the man in WWE, as the top star. There is no debate. There is no, oh, maybe it's Lashley. Oh, maybe it's Drew. Oh, maybe Brock or Cena will come back. No, it's Roman Reigns. And Daniel Bryan deserves credit for that. So, Roman Reigns is my fourth face on the Daniel Bryan Mount Rushmore. So I was very close to going for Roman, very close. It was between Roman and Kofi, and I did go for for Kofi. But my number four, and I don't know whether it was yes the feud, but the feud wasn't amazing. It was kind of like what happened before then. I've gone for Kane. Yes, now I've said it. I'm like, the Roman Reigns is a far more convincing argument. But for me, Kane was just, it really helped Daniel Bryan. Maybe this is more a Mount Rushmore of who influenced the Daniel Bryan character. But that Team Hell No character, that Team Hell No to the, obviously, Team Hell Yes, that, that gimmick, that whole that whole storyline was so good. Them even reuniting in 2019, uh, 2018, when Bryan came back for that run was cool. I really enjoyed where every time I saw Kane and Daniel Bryan and it's knowing how polar opposite they are inside the ring and outside of the ring as well with their political, with their political beliefs, their outlooks on life, knowing how different they were inside and outside the ring. And then just how it worked so well on TV. I did go for Kane because their feud was never amazing. Kind of got like muddled in the authority stuff. Like it was good, but it wasn't, sensational but yeah I, i've gone for kane just for overall influence on brian's character and making daniel bryan what he was i think kane was really influential in that and we literally got a blow off we didn't get the blow off in the miz feud but we got a blow off in the kane and daniel bryan feud because he that was his first challenger after he won the wwe championship yeah. at wrestlemania 30 so it's a good it's a good case uh i would say like probably kane would be my honorable mention uh, to my four on my Mount Rushmore because I, I do agree with you. He very much is responsible for shaping the career of Daniel Bryan and really, really giving him that that push up to the top. Like he really was kind of the bridge between Bryan just being one of the guys or one of the upper mid card guys to a main eventer. And the team hell no run is very responsible for that. Yeah, and listen, we've we've had very little disagreements. Uh, anyone that we we didn't mention on the other ones list, we kind of like sort of could see the points of. So look, look at that, me and you agreeing. Um, but yes, uh, I, I want to touch on some other bits of news uh, before we head out of here. And uh, actually, talk about NXT last night, which kind of got lost in the Daniel Bryan news because NXT was a very good show last night. I right. really enjoyed NXT. Uh, talk to us about some of the highlights. So obviously we started with Isaiah, Sir Scott and Leon Ruff, where we kind of have this new faction debuting. So uh, talk to us yeah. about that. I very much enjoyed this match and it surprised me. Not not saying that I don't enjoy the work of Isaiah Swerve Scott and Leon Ruff. I enjoyed them a lot separately. It's just I've seen this matchup way too many times. And yeah. Isaiah Swerve Scott literally wins every single time. So it's like this feud is over. Why do we need it again? And they they proved why we need it again because they could deliver a awesome opener. It was probably one of the most fun matches that I've seen on WWE television this year. Just a lot of great spot, a lot of cool innovation. Leon Ruff, I would say this is the best he's looked. And yes, I'm including his entire run as North American champion because he we did don't, not we look, don't talk about that. He did not look good there. So this was the best that Leon Ruff has looked. And I like the finish with Leon Ruff going on fire. Those twisting cutters off the top ropes to the floor was ridiculous. And it looked like he was going to do another one off the scaffolding. And then AJ Francis, a.k.a. Top Dollar, a.k.a. the host of the new WWE A&E special, most most treasured, uh, most hidden treasures or something like that. Yeah. He was the guy that came in, grabbed Leon Ruff, gave him an attitude adjustment on a barricade, which led to uh, Swerve hitting the JML for the, for the victory. I think that this is cool for Swerve to be a leader of his own uh, stable and with new superstars that he can kind of like give experience to and put them on the map. But 
I feel like NXT has kind of gone overkill on heel stables because now we have Swerve Stable, we have Imperium, we got Legato del Fantasma, we got The Way. Like, there's there's an excessive amount of heel stables in on NXT right now. And Diamond Mind possibly as well when they come in. Um, so, yeah, I, listen, I think it is cool as well. The fact that obviously these the people that he's aligned with are all african-american as well i think it's quite significant uh looking at it and in terms of like what that says i think like like you said wwe has looked at obviously breaking up undisputed era who were the try every time wwe needed a hill faction it was undisputed era and i think part of them has crapped the bed and been like oh we need under we, we need a hill faction let's make like 13 of them um, but yeah, that that was that was a great way to open the show. Uh, the show was also great throughout, but it was capped off by the way defeating Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart in an incredibly fun street fight. I really enjoyed this match. Um, yeah, so we we have new women's tag team champions, NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, the third ones in Indy Hartwell and uh, Candice LeRae. Uh, what did you think about the match and sort of the title change? Did you see it coming? No, I did not see the title change coming, mostly because we've already had two women's tag team champions in the first two months of the existence of these titles. So a third kind of seemed off, but it made a lot of sense for Indy and uh, Candice to win here because they kind of have all the story. Shotzi and Ember have kind of been depending on the way to be the story for them. So unless they were going to make a change here, there was no kind of continuing the rivalry so the way needed to win here so we can continue on with Shotzi and Ember in some type of fashion I I love the backstage segment with Candice and uh Indy with uh Dexter leaving the painting for Indy and then standing at the door with flowers and Indy never seeing him and Candice kind of avoiding that that was very fun they've really recovered the whole index storyline for me which has been really good the last two weeks and like you said that was just a, a, a fantastic uh close to the show it was just so much good wrestling so much fun action going on it just see even my daughter loved it my daughter loved i was gonna it. say <laughs> your daughter liked this match it sounds like <laughs> my daughter loved it uh you know the cool spot by shotzi off the scaffolding through the announce table was awesome and then the finish with candace getting the victory candace larray winning her first nxt gold just a perfect ending to the show your daughter definitely seemed like she liked that one. Uh, must be said. Uh, what, what, uh, while, while I let you uh, t- take care of your daughter uh, uh, for a meantime, we'll just wrap up with this ultra chat. Um, here, uh, Rustacope says, Dear God, Louis, are you still drunk? Kofi, Kane, no mention of Bray Wyatt. Plus the fact that two shows in a row, you walk out mid-show. Come on, Nugget, be better. Daniel Bryan will not lead WWE. Vince will not let it happen ever. Okay. I feel like I've been attacked by Russell Scope. But let me defend myself on all fronts. Right. I think the Kofi Kingston feud, the Daniel Bryan feud was very good. Like, very, very, very good. I enjoyed it very much. I don't know how influential that was to the Daniel Bryan character, the overall enjoyment of Daniel, and the overall character of Daniel Bryan. Do I think that... For example, all Daniel Bryan's like, do I think WrestleMania 30 is as good as it is without Daniel without Bray Wyatt? Yeah, I think it didn't take away any of the enjoyment for me. Kane made Daniel Bryan as lovable as he was, so that's why I put him there on my list. Kofi showed a different side to everyone that SP3 and I mentioned on that list. He sh- made he allowed Bryan to show what he can do as a heel, and I think that is important. He was the only one that was sort of the, he played the Daniel Bryan role. Kofi Kingston, realistically, Daniel Bryan in that feud was the Triple H. Like, making Kofi go through the gauntlets. He was the Triple H, making Kofi jump through hoops to get that title match. So I think to be able to flip the switch was absolutely fantastic. Um, In terms of me leaving mid-show, I needed a wee and my dog was barking. So um, enough of that. And uh, yes, when I said that Daniel Bryan would not let Vince leave, Vince will not let it happen. Uh, sorry, Daniel Bryan will not leave WWE, Vince will not let it happen. I stick by that claim in terms of Daniel Bryan wrestling elsewhere. I think there is a very little chance, and we have seen it reported, that WWE doesn't work. In terms of these contract expiring, remember last year when Drew Gulak's contract expired? Yeah, for like a week, and then he came back. 
<laughs> Remember when Brock Lesnar, like Brock Lesnar's contract is has expired now. I don't think this is a huge deal in terms of, oh my God, Daniel Bryan's gone, Daniel Bryan's gone. As I said, I think his future, whenever that is, lies with WWE. So I, I stick by that claim. And if I'm proved wrong and he turns up tonight at the end of Blood and Guts and whatever, I will be shocked. But I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, guys, I don't see that. <laughs> guys, thank you very much for joining the show today uh, with myself and SB3 talking all things Daniel Bryan and a little bit of Tessa Blanchard in the middle as well. Um, thank you for all your ultra chats as well. I believe that's the last of them. It is indeed. Um, so you can check back tomorrow on the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel where it'll be Stephanie Chase and Alex McCarthy talking about blood and guts where I'm sure that's all Stephanie and Alex will be able to talk about on tomorrow night's show and any big news that breaks. Maybe, I don't know, John Cena will turn up in AW or whatever big wrestling news is going to break. Uh, but yeah, guys, we will be back tomorrow with that. And then Alex and Adam Pearson, special guest Adam Pearson, will be on the Friday show. So thank you all very much for watching and we will catch you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.